Welcome back to the Padang Sessions. In this episode, Assistant Curator Zulfadli Hilmi discusses the themes of spiritualism and nationalism in A.D. Peruza's artwork Epitaph 4 and explores the turn towards creating new languages and dialogues in art in the 1960s in Bandung and in the rest of Southeast Asia. I think it's nice to see familiar faces among you. Um, yeah, and thanks for taking your time instead of uh, watching F1. Uh, well, the topic is nationalism through spirituality. So um, before I go into talking about the artwork, um, I think I think it's important for me to define what I mean by spirituality when I use the word. Um, nationalism through spirituality. So um, one is to distinguish between the word spirituality and religiosity, although they are quite, um, I would say, closely linked. Um, but spirituality in a sense is caring, caring or thinking about um, things beyond the human materiality meaning it's in the conscious uh, mind that you're thinking so about something quite significant here. Um, so it's, I mean, defined by the dictionary, it's, it's called the quality of being concerned with the human spirit or soul, um, as opposed to the material or physical things. So when, um, today, today I'll be introducing Edi Pirus, or his full name is Abdul Jalil. Um, and this particular work called Epitaph 4. Um, so what do, do, what do we really see when we just see the painting as it is? Um, well, we can, when we can assume that it's, it's quite a flat backdrop um, with very flat colors, but in the, in the center frame or in the center of the painting, it's, there's a relief um, that's happening um, anyone can make a guess where he got his inspiration to do such a relief or what do, do these scribbles and um, scratches mean? Anyone? Yeah, um, that's, that's actually to the point. Um, he got his inspiration from the tombstone or the gravestone. Um, more specifically, the gravestone that he observed um, where he was, uh, the place where he was brought up and born. Uh, which is Aceh. But what in the tombstone that um, is interesting here? Do you, what, what, what do you make of this? Calligraphy. Yeah, it, it looks like some sort of calligraphy, right? But actually, um, it means, it does not mean anything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you, can, you can find some um, clues. For example, like here, um, with the alif and lam, it looks somewhat um, similar to the word God or Allah here. Um, but really, um, he, he, does, he does in such a way that it's not meant to be read or not meant to be read superficially like that. Yeah? And, and this is where the spirituality here um, is concerned. So um, the painting is done in 1972. It was first exhibited in the Islamic um, painting exhibition organized by Chase Manhattan um, Bank in Jakarta. Um, 
and it was also a very interesting period, not just for ADP Rus, but it was, um, I guess, uh, for a lot of um, Southeast Asian modern artists as well. So, just a little bit of background with ADP Rus, yeah. Um, he graduated from ITB or Institute Technology Bandung in 1964. He was trained under um, a well-known. Um, professor called Rhys Mulder, who has pretty much influenced a lot of um, artists, especially from the Bandung School. Um, and he was definitely one of, um, one of these artists. And the, the contribution Rhys Mulder made, um, at least for Institute of Technology Bandung, was the introduction of modern abstract painting and certain movements that we are quite familiar with, with certain artworks um, in the gallery. Um, for example, you have Ahmad Sadali in Gallery 7, um, talking about the skyline of New York, and also Bud Mokhtar's um, Perempuan, which, which has a lot of um, influence by a particular movement called the analytical cubism. So cubism is seen in two phases. Yeah? Um, the first being the analytical, where it's the, the colours are muted down, and, and when you observe the painting, it's, there's a lot of planes or perspective that he uses. Um, similarly, like how one would try to attempt to see uh, a Picasso painting, who was definitely one of uh, the proponents for cubism. Then you move on towards synthetic, where they use brighter colours and increased texture. So, Eddie Pirus came from that tradition, the, the tradition of making modern art um, through, abstract, uh, through abstract painting. Yeah, And he was also um, a prolific printmaker as well, like all the other Bandung um, artists at that point of time. So, in 1969, um, he received a scholarship from the Rockefeller Foundation um, to, to study printmaking in Rochester Institute of Technology in New York. And interestingly, that was also about the same time where he met Latif Muhyiddin. Latif Muhyiddin was also on the same scholarship um, to, to study printmaking in 1969 at and, and if you think about um, someone like Latif, he was also at the period of experiment, experimenting with his Pago Pago series where he was looking at, um, you know, um, he was taking to the point of nature or the environment that he observed in making his abstract painting as well. So while so while in New York, um, this, this was also quite interesting for ADP Rus when he was trying to look for what um, it means to be an Indonesian painter or to produce Indonesian art. You know, he, he went, he went um, through walks around the various museums and galleries that, he, that was already in New York. And a lot of them, um, you know, point towards the traditional aesthetics, yeah. And, and it got him to think about him, what, what it means for him to be an artist or what it means for him to be a modern uh, painter, right? Because in 1964, while, while he was studying under Rhys Mulder, you know, um, or the, the education that he received from Institute of Technology Bandung, it was um, a lot to do with regards to the discipline of creating the visual language. Yeah. Um, like, what I mentioned to you, the influence of cubism in um, in the abstract painting of uh, Bandung, you know, and he was he was making that um, 
But he figured um, it was only when he was away from his country that he figured that um, he was pretty much influenced by a Western construct of what a modern painting is, you know. So, so he got him to uh, and and an interviewer asked him. His her, her name is Helen Spaniard, and she was in 19, um, She inter she asked him this question in 1960. So, who are you? You know, um, and he and he he realized that he was essentially an Indonesian painter and he was an Indonesian artist, an Indonesian citizen at that point of time. So when, when he asked that question, then he started probing and started thinking through um, quite, quite intimately of how should he create um, this painting. And he, he went back and he turned towards the gravestone that he observed um, because it was something unique. And, 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 that, and that was interesting um, because why would someone take inspiration of the gravestone, right? Or, or that and he, he and and in the sixties it was also the period where Indonesia was coming up. You know, I mean they've gained their independence previously, and you know there's there's a lot of sense of what it means to be an Indonesian citizen. You know, and and he looked at it and he felt he felt um, calligraphy played a very big influence on him. You know, I mean he he was from a migrant family of the Arab. Uh, Arabic and uh, South Indian descent, um, but at the same time, Islam was also a religion that was familiar um, amongst the citizens of um, Indonesia or then Indonesian. Um, and and he he decided to to approach calligraphy or the Arabic words. Um, in two two different uh, in two two versions. One, he if he were to if if he were to, in a way, print an image of Arabic calligraphy in its purest sense, or how how he would follow certain styles like the Farisi style or the Kufic, um, he create a certain sort of realm, a realm that. Um, that to him was quite limiting um, because one, the moment you, you create a certain, um, certain he, if you quote a certain um, verse in the Quran, for example, like um, if he were to use Ali class and he would do it, automatically it becomes um, religious. You know, it, it serves a certain purpose um, to it and it would flag. Um, it would it would reflect a lot of, um, I mean, people. It is also a point of, of, of ponder. I mean, if you if you look at the Quranic text, it's all multi layered uh, with regards to meanings and how you apply this to you know your own actions or conditions, right? I mean, that's how a really um, a religious text um, found in the Quran or the Bible is. It's meant for your interpretation of how um, what it means to you. But but. Why, why he say it was limiting? Because then the, automatically people will qualify it as, oh, that is Islamic calligraphy, you know? And, and that is a religious text. And with that, there's also certain sets of criticism. Why are you replicating this in your painting? You know, why are you um, trying to alter um, the text? And this is something that he, he received and he tries to compromise um, throughout his career. Um, so, so 
so his approach was, um, I I try to deform characters. You know, he he tries he tries to deform the characters of the Arabic writings. Yeah. So like I like I mentioned to you, what you can see, for example, like um, the one that looks like a nine. You know, it's it's something that you are familiar with, like wow. It, it means wow, or or, or the, the Arabic character wow. Then you see the long elongations. Um, it's alif or lam. You know, but but if you ever try to read, it becomes increasingly difficult because um, he said uh, he he mentioned to me like if he if he could just use those words and just jumble it up and people can feel it. Um, you know that's that's the most important essence of how he wishes one to read uh, his painting, and he uses this um, term called ethical pleasures. You know, ethical pleasures in the way of um, the ethics or the order of how a painting should be. You know, and to him, a painting should always be viewed first. You know, before being interpreted, interpreted uh, like how um, each viewer sees sees it, right? And and so, so he got onto that strategy, and the same at the same time, he also recognizes that by putting something similar like that, uh, people would always attempt to read it, right? So, so like I mentioned to you, like um, I, I I I asked you just now, like oh, where is it from? Um, what does what do you really see? It looks like a gravestone or a tombstone, and then the next thing I ask. What do what do these uh, scratches mean? And the the first the first response was calligraphy. But you know, if to 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 other scholars or at least to someone else, they, it, it could just be gibberish. You know, and so so what does it mean? And and now so so that's that's the element of spirituality that he, he wished to invoke in his work. And then you you come to think about. Um, I would say the environment or the society that he was living in. Remember I mentioned to you about um, the question that he was asked, who are you? And he said I was an Indonesian painter. You know, I, I, and he realized it when he was away from Indonesia. So he thought about Indonesia while being away. And it's, and it's often quite... Um, it's quite common, I would assume, like, you know, like for us, when, whenever we travel, right, we, we all say, oh, we are, we are Singaporean Malay, we are Singaporean Chinese, or whatever, and then you meet someone similar overseas and say, oh, no, I'm Singaporean, you know? You know, that consciousness becomes um, amplified the moment you're out of your, your, your country or your, your, a place that you're familiar with. So, he he proposed um, at least the declaration that he made. Um, I think if you can pass some of this book, um, I, I use I use this book particularly a lot uh, by Kenneth George, who's a visual anthropologist. Um, he he spent about a good two to three decades with Eddie Pirus um, for it, and he talks about and and it really talks about what it means to be a citizen of society, right and. For, for Eddie Pirus, as an artist, you have the responsibility and you have the ownership to bring out messages that you feel society could benefit from. You know, and, and at the point of time, and especially for this particular series of work, uh, the Epitaph, um, it was not so much thinking about 
society like that, but it was more of a self-reflexivity. You know, uh, for, for a person of, I'm, I'm a citizen of a certain country and what it means for me. So it was, it was um, in a way intimate for him. It was um, what he coins also the term uh, spiritual notes. You know, these are his spiritual notes, and he 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 never he never attempted or he never um, tried to perform dakwah. Dakwah means um, you know like a, a certain um, a certain deed that you do um, with regards to the prayers or um, uh, worship for worship for the the supreme being. So it was it was never dakwah, and he never wanted it to be dakwah. So. Um, well, while this was um, in a way intimate for him, he also felt that it could benefit from people. Like you, you, you need to stop and think and see and feel rather than say things. You know, you know, and and if you were um, to see, for example, Ahmad Sadali, um, how many of you went, managed to see reframing modernism? Great. Okay. And reframing modernism, um, we, we showed, I think, about three or four pieces of Ahmad Sadali's work. And there's one yellow painting that he does, right? And in this, in this um, yellow painting, um, he, there, it's, uh, there's, there's scribbles, you know? He, 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 he did scribbles and you see Allah and Allahu la ilaha wa ilaha wal hayyum kayyum, you know? And it, it reference it reference directly to one particular verse in um, in in the in the Quran and in, and that was the Ayatul Kursi or the verse of the throne. And the moment you see it and you see it from afar, you started seeing that um, his abstract um, his abstraction looks like a chair. You know. And and this was this was what um, at least for Eddie Pirusi was trying to avoid, <clears throat> because um, he wants that point of contemplation for people, for it, for them to be personal rather than a certain um, a certain voice or um, him being vocal about certain issues that he was not um, like he he was wondering with regards to society at large, you know and and but. But after a while, that became a challenge. So this was a very early painting of him exploring into Islamic calligraphy or calligraphy in essence. And when I, um, and I, I would rather use the word calligraphy rather than Islamic calligraphy because again, like I mentioned, it, the moment you put Islamic there, it qualifies a certain um, notions or certain boundaries that you, you immediately scope or categorize his work in, you know. Um, and he went on to use um, not just Quranic verses. Um, he he started using, uh, for example, like the Malay idioms or the Malay poet uh, poetry, or even sometimes Chinese words um, in his in his later section. So if you are interested in him, you you can actually see because um, he just had a retrospective um, of eighty six um, um, last last May and. The, those works in his personal collections are still there. So you can see the transformation of him. So um, when, when I asked him, when I asked him, um, Prof, um, 
why why do you choose that and he said that um i mean he he was he was being very experimental between the late 60s all the way until i think middle or um late 70s but then like he he went on to that second notion that you know even if he doesn't want people to read people will always try to read and he was facing that so in a way um he he kind of um made a compromise and he mentioned that you know if people are going to read my um my words then i'll make it legible for them so in the later words you start seeing more legible um ca- uh, calligraphy or writings you know but at the same time while he 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 changed his mode of um operation with regards to treating a painting um he he still in a way scaffolds the meaning of the painting itself you know and going back to epitaph 4 um you know one 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 can ask the question why the why the gravestone itself you know what what was he observing in society that he he felt the need to respond you know and and this was i mean this was um the time that was quite critical for the the shaping of the indonesian society right i mean there was certain discontentment for example like um you know the the threat of the emergency you know the communism um the threat of um communism but at the same time you know until until now um indonesia is still trying to respond to certain conditions like that you know and and i and and i guess i, I guess for edipirus it wasn't wrong for him to 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 seek this as a contemplation rather than a statement that he's trying to make you know it, it leaves the viewer to ponder over these things um and so so beyond beyond these words um you know i mentioned i reference um latif muhyiddin and i think i think the national gallery also presented um his works at le son pompidou and then um now currently at ilham gallery in kl you know and while walatif was observing um the southeastian landscape through his travelogues you know he was also an important period um of consciousness for southeastian artists like edipirus himself you know what it means to be a citizen of a certain country how how do i operate in modern art you know that is both um local but at the same time international as well or universal as well you know and um the use of arabic characters is something that even if you're a non citizen um of of indonesia even if you're not muslim you'll be able to recognize you'll be able to recognize the aesthetics that he puts forward you know and it's um so you know you you can you can kind of say that at least for him um he was he was kind of the reverse like how the world informed his own life worlds how the world informs him being a citizen of indonesia how the world informed him being um a muslim citizen and a muslim artist as well you know um so so this um so for for edipirus he operated um a lot um in the in the 
in the essence of um, calligraphic paintings. And he was, and he is still considered as one of the foremost um, Islamic modern artists in Indonesia today. Um, but, you know, comparing, comparing him um, with Ahmad Sadali, you can start seeing certain, certain differences in how, um, you know, the, the realm of Islamic art in Southeast Asia differs, yeah? So, for example, like Syed Ahmad Jamal, he went, he went, um, you know, to go through the essence and the idea of Tawhid or oneness of God in a lot of his painting as well. Um, you know, but, and then for Ahmad Sadali, he, um, a lot of times, a lot of times, especially in the 70s, the early 70s works of Ahmad Sadali, after, after his abstraction, right, um, he, he, he started a lot with regards to making social commentary of, um, of, this, of the Indonesian society um, by adapting certain verses that he means. For example, in one of the paintings that I mentioned to you in Reframing Modernism, it was a verse of the Alma'un. Alma'un is um, really talking about um, people's ignorance, like um, how how you, you, you try to be this righteous person, um, how you try to do good deeds and everything, but you often neglect the people who are at disadvantage. I mean, that's, that's, that's the, the glimpse of those verses. So, so Ahmad suddenly operated simili- um, in, that, in that essence, like where, where he used these verses as a form of commentary of what he sees. Whereas for Oedipus, he left it open-ended for people to interpret what they feel in his painting that, that they could relate um, for themselves or for their own livelihood. You know, and, and, and that's interesting because um, Oedipus was also the dean um, of ITB or Institute of Technology, Bandung, all the way until 1985 or 1990s. Um, and he, he was, um, in a way, communicating with other artists like you can, um, you can find here. For example, Gregorio Siddhartha, the, um, the sculpture there. Ahmad Sadali, as I mentioned. Bud Mokta is in Gallery 7. And Sunanto Prianto, um, you know, the graffiti work that you see in um, Level 4, the Gallery 12. So, you know, if you, if you tread along these lines, it was really the act of seeing, the act of seeing um, by these artists towards what they observe in society as well. You know, and, and Andy Perus is pushing this, um, this idea of using an Islamic or Arabic calligraphy, a deformed version of it um, for people to reflect. You know, and if you see the works here in, um, Gallery 8, each artist within their own localities were trying to push for a certain uh, sense of localness in um, their modern art painting. I mean, they, they use, they use um, the, a sort of a modern Western aesthetics or mode of operation with regards to um, creating artworks, right? You, you see a 2D painting on the wall, but um, you, you see them applying, um, for example, like Patrick Ng using the elongated bodies of um, 
the wayang kulit as a as a way to to bring in that regionality or that localness in his painting one and um for chayu chen he used like the the multiple planes in cubism but at the same time the subject matters is all local you know this was in a way a period where um you can sense a certain uh, a certain form of nationalism happening amongst the artists themselves they were not just making modern art they were making modern southeast asian art and in a way southeast asian means um to their to their each own country as well you know and and so you know round, rounding up um for edi pirus um you know the the idea and why i mentioned about the nationalism through spirituality it's it's really um you know breaking down the spiritualness out of this you know the, the your concerns about the soul your concerns about um um the human the human conditions beyond the material um the material um objects right um that that came forth at least for the period and and if you if you see us um you know living in a sophistication life worlds you know we 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 are still we are still trying to find what it means for us to be sophistication you know what it means for us to be a southeast asian citizen you know and 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 this is why edipus is interesting right because he he leaves it open ended and he's not making a statement for anyone he's just making you think about your own um life and about your own situation here you know being in southeast asia what it means for you you know and if i were to probe deeper um i mean making comparisons again with artists uh, for example another islamic artist said ahmad jamal from malaysia right i asked um pak pirus i asked pak pirus like why were you, why were you guys operating um very differently um and he mentioned he mentioned he mentioned this like you know if i'm if i'm a malaysian artist and i'm producing um islamic art i have already certain benefits that is supporting me one um under the under the national construct you know um you are malay and majority of us um are muslim you know and it's and malaysia is do uh, malaysia is seen as a muslim country you know whereas while indonesia has the largest muslim population until today they are they are not a muslim country so with that um with that itself um you know edi pirus cannot just say oh i'm doing this islamic art and expect everyone to understand what he's trying to do so so he he tries to detach um these characters he tries to detach it away from the religion and um so so that it is it could be applicable to the uh, citizen at large you know and and i mentioned to you about the ethical pleasures i mentioned to you about spiritual notes it was his um inner reflection that he felt that um could benefit everyone else and 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 that is not a statement rather than 
a questions that he put forth for his viewers to think about. You know, um, yeah, I think, I think, um, I mean, to, to conclude, you know, Pyrrhus, Pyrrhus was uh, pushing for, for a few things in a way. Um, one, art, art was not meant to be read, even though you're, you're using um, um, literal characters like the Arabic characters or the Chinese characters, you know, and and he he, he does so by deforming them, you know, purposefully making it uh, not readable for his viewers. And two, you know, he's he's pushing he's pushing back and hoping that um, for his public or for his viewers. Um, you, you, you spend a little bit more time looking at his painting rather than, you know, searching for the labels and the extended labels, hoping for answers in his works. You've been listening to the Padang Sessions from National Gallery Singapore. Follow us for updates and new episodes every month. And to learn more about our programs at the gallery, visit nationalgallery.sg. Our podcast team is Erica Lai, Kalisha Chiakasim, and Tamaris Go. And the music you heard is composed by Javon Chandra. I'm Joyce Chung. Thanks for listening. <laughs>